We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? Oh, man. It's, uh, I guess, behind the scenes. But it's it's uh, 10 a.m. on a Monday, Martin Luther <laughs> King Day. We're both off, but we didn't want to record uh, last night because you went to the game. I want to know how that was. I assume insane 100% it's one of those things where I, I was telling you and just pretty much I, you know all day long on Sunday I'm like it doesn't really feel like a playoff game it just feels like an extended week of regular season right now then you get in there and you're like okay this is the real deal it's playoffs this is going to be a battle it's not going to be easy you see a lot of the close games from wild card weekend and just a crazy turn of events. I'm going to start with Sam Hubbard. We'll get to everything that kind of happened in this game. Playoff Hubbard. Play- no. I last love it. year. Yeah, last year. Well, I don't think people realize that, to me at least, he kind of like mini leveled up from the regular season of the playoffs last year. And he's kind of hit that consistently this year. I don't know if he can do it again because I think he's playing at that playoff level from last year. But, yeah, I know we talked – a lot about Bates because he was incredible defensive player of the year level player during that playoff run last year. But Sam Hubbard went, went to like a pro bowl level and uh, then he played near that level this season. And uh, yeah, he maybe he leveled up again because he was awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you're like me when you watch the defense and they're in the red zone. I always think something crazy is about to happen no. because it- it does every time. They always find a way. I always think it's a touchdown. Like every, every time the ball is snapped. I know the Bengals have a good red zone defense, but I, I'm just like, all right, they're going to score here. <laughs> so I'm more excited. Like they don't score. I was like, yeah, all right, do it two, three more times, depending on if they go for a fourth. Well, it's kind of crazy because, I mean, I know it was only a few weeks ago, about a month ago, was the Patriots game. And I thought for sure this game is over. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking, do you let them score at this point because you want time to respond? And they they found a way to pull, you know, get the turnover. But what's so insane about it, you, you go to that moment, it's 17-all, and I think, oh, my goodness, the offense can't can't move the ball. The Bengals' offense can't really move the ball. Are they going to be able to put up some points uh, to take the lead? Are they going to be able to score another touchdown? And then you see Huntley just jump up and then oh, great. The Drew Brees, but from two yards out instead of one. Yes, and, and Logan Wilson just punching it out. It almost just felt like they, they had planned a basketball move, punched out Sam Hubbard right there, and he just runs. Sam Hubbard uh, not The only thing I've been able to compare that to is basketball. It, it was yeah. so much like – I. it's not a chase down block, but, you know, it, it's like, uh, it's it's like you know, Dikembe Mutombo at the, at the rim just swatting it off the backboard or that, what I said was the LeBron James block on Andre Iguodala in the finals, just like – huge moments blocks that go to a teammate is just it was insane and and I think you know there's definitely a little bit of luck there that that ball went right to Sam Hubbard and nobody knew but I I thought the play call was fine apparently they said he was supposed to stay low which is that's fine I don't know maybe they're just covering themselves and throwing him under the bus Mm -hmm. I have no idea why anyone would try to go over the top from two yards out. I mean, that's just too far. 
That's and he's not like a six foot eight guy with long arms that can just do that. He's I think he's like six one. So it was that was a crazy decision, but wow, what hand eye coordination from Logan Wilson. Like I, I can't like yeah, like I, I think I have good hand eye coordination. I don't think if a ball was going in front of me for a millisecond, I'd be able to hit it right out of his hands. Like that is so crazy to me. Um, just so, so much credit to him. And then of course to Sam Hubbard, when do you think he ran out of juice? I think it was around the 50 yard line. 100%. But what my favorite, the adrenaline took him to the 50 and then you can see him go, Oh my God, 50 more yards. <laughs> he's going as hard as he can, but you just see he's moving a little slower. Well, it was crazy because it legit happened right in front of me in the end zone in front of me. And oh, I, wow. And I thought for a second, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way he's going to keep running. He keeps running. He keeps running. He keeps running. And then I had to go back home and watch the highlight of it because it's totally different when you hear Mike Tirico calling it. Oh, it my goodness. Amazing. What a call. What a it's call. Amazing. Oh, my God. I was, I mean, I, I, I barely heard it when I first said it because I was screaming. I was laughing, too. I'm going to be honest with you. That might be the funniest way to lose a football game I have ever seen that you fumble the quarterback sneak and it gets returned for a touchdown 14 point swing 46 percent win probability added on that play it went from a 41 percent chance to win to an 87 percent chance to win so yeah Mike Tirico hats off and good job Chris not chiming in just like let him play let him do the call which was so over the top and awesome (laughs) and then uh you know, let the crowd noise hit. And then the you saw the, I assume you saw, I don't know if it they showed it on the big screen, the Sam Hubbard flexing with the oxygen mask on. So I didn't see that until after the game, until I saw all the images. Okay. It, it may have been on the video board. I just didn't see it at that moment because I think I was in disbelief that that just happened. Uh, but yeah, the oxygen mask, I think so many Bengals fans are going to be using that for a lot of the games that we watch and we have to, you know, it's, another it's already reason. a meme. It's already a meme. I had a friend send it to me and said, when I make it up, when I go <laughs> three flights up the stairs to my apartment, instead of using the elevator. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I absolutely love it. And the thing about it is it, it's not only Lou, it's not only his defense, it's the Cincinnati kid at home. And yeah. he, and he makes the play. But my favorite thing about the highlight, because I, I feel like I've watched it five times this morning, and you have to turn the volume up when you watch it, is Sam looks back just a little at times, and he's looking again. And I'm like, no. He said he was watching the video board. Oh. Yeah. So, like, he might have looked back a little bit, but he said he knew where Andrews was because he was watching the video board. And I guess he was screaming back, not looking. He was screaming back, somebody block Andrews. He's catching up. Stop it! See, I missed I missed all of that uh, that that reaction to it, but I, I love that he was at the podium last night and just just how crazy that goes. And I don't know if you're like me and you think of the the down years when they were not even down years when they were in the postseason from 2011 to 2015. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And it mm-hmm. and you look at the run last year late in the game, it was always a defensive play. You look at this game, it's a defensive play, and it's just things going in the Bengals' direction that didn't always go their way. And I think that's, what's really been fun to see a little bit of comparison to what we saw last year's run. Yeah. I mean, I'm permanently scarred from 2005 to 2015 because even before this game and especially during this game, I went, Oh no. (laughs) But before the game, I was like, why am I so nervous about playing this team? And then we see why, but you know, instead of just having the confidence of like, God, 
Joe will get us out of this. I don't know. I watched Palmer lose to Mark Sanchez. I'm just like the inferior quarterback can win. You know, <laughs> if they put up a great defensive performance, they, they can win. And they, they got close, but uh, pulled it. Bengals pulled it out in the end, but I'm sure we'll get to a lot of yeah. reasons behind this, but yeah, hats off Sam Hubbard. What, a, what a, that that's, that's, do you think that'll be the best play this postseason for the Bengals? I don't know how you top it. Unless, know, right? unless. Bigger moment, I think is the only way you could top it. Like, like if you get another interception to end overtime against the Chiefs or something, like that would probably be a bigger moment. But I don't know about better play. Like the that's probably going to be the best play of this playoff run. I mean, and it happened at the time it happened. If, if it would happen, obviously it would have been pumped if it happened in the first or second quarter. Oh, yeah. Fourth quarter tied game on the yard line. Yeah. The go-ahead score, I mean, or the, the to, to take the lead, and that was going to be the last time the Bengals scored in the fourth quarter or any team scored is absolutely unbelievable. I'm going to stay with the defense before we get to the tail of first and second halves. You, play, you put a play up of, of Jesse Bates. People need to remember Jesse Bates is a really good player. And, and you look at other players out there on the defensive side of the ball. I know the Ravens put up 17 points, but what did you think of the defense as a whole? Honestly, I thought the first half was pretty bad. Um, and we're going to get to this, but they made a switch. The Bengals made a switch at, at halftime. Uh, they tried to both play a 4-3 base and a 5-2 and a 5-2 base during the first half. And they're getting run on because it looked to me like the Ravens were checking to zone runs against the four, three, and then a, uh, and then power and counter and gap runs against the five, two, which those are just rock versus paper type things. It's like, that's, that's going to be good versus this front. That's why they're running so well, other than their offensive line played really well too. Like you still have to block it up. Um, and then the Bengals made a switch where they just, they played way more nickel. Like Mike Hilton didn't play much that first half. And what it reminded me of is, and I hope you've seen him, Remember the Titans where uh, the coach calls in PD Jones <laughs> to replace Ryan Gosling. I was like, that's, that's what Mike Hilton kind of did. They like, they like pulled the linebacker off the field. And they're like, all right, get out there, you know, <laughs> go Mike, we need you. <laughs> he goes out there and I don't know if people know the impact. He had the second play in the, in the second half tackle for a loss. They blitzed him. He had a sack in the fourth quarter. And then he was the one that broke up the pass to end the game. And of course, Prochet had his chance at it, but uh, yeah, he he was one to get his hand on that ball and break it up. Like I, I I feel like the impact Mike Hilton made can't be understated because the Ravens went from scoring on two of their three drives, ten points on three drives, to seven points on six drives. They had six chances in that second half, one touchdown. And I know there are very close ones, but it doesn't count. <laughs> and I just think that defense in general in the second half just stepped up because the offense kind of carried them in the first half. But when Jonah Williams went down, the, the offense both got conservative and it also got worse because the offense scored nine points, should have been 10 points in the first half on three drives. So like they should have also been fine, but yeah, then we have to talk at length about it. I don't think the offensive line played well in general. And then I think they played really bad after Jonah went out. Yeah, that is something that I'm concerned with. We'll, we'll go to offensive line and in the next segment, get kind of more in depth to what happened in the game on both sides of the ball. But O-line is you go, you, you have Akeem Adenogy out there. You have Max Sharpie out there. That was going to be enough. 
of of your your backups playing. Hey, this was a Denji's worst game too this season. You see Jackson Carmen go in, you lose Jonah Williams, and you're at a point now where Ted Karras and Cordell Volson are the two left standing. Yeah. What is this team going to do with the offensive line? Honestly, it's about – it's. I think it's worse than it was in last year's playoffs if Jonah can't play. I, I uh, What I would do is uh, – was Prince active in this game? Did they just go with Carmen anyway? Or is Prince, is he on the practice squad? I, I'm not 100% sure where he is right now. Yeah, practice squad. I don't think he was. Okay, um... he wasn't called up. Mm-hmm. My move is I'm bringing up Prince, putting him at right tackle, Adenji to left tackle. I'm not starting Carmen at left tackle. I don't think Never. he played well there. I think that was an emergency type thing. And I'm not sure why. Why is Deontay Smith, Jackson, Carmen, and Trey Hill activated when Isaiah Prince isn't? But maybe they didn't want to make the call up or whatever. We were talking about Prince like he could start over a Denigy at right tackle when Collins went down. If Williams can't play next week, I mean, that's that's the move. I don't think Carmen at left tackle is the move, but we'll see what they do. The evidence in front of us is saying it's going to be Carmen, right? I just, I'm talking myself into maybe it's Cope, maybe it's Hope. But uh, I'm talking myself into that. I think it's going to be Prince at right tackle, Denji left tackle, because even though Prince wasn't good during that playoff run, he feels like a real tackle. Like mm-hmm. he's a backup level tackle, but he feels like a tackle. Like he's not – Carmen over there felt like we – oh, I don't know. We've got to go to the emergency. we got to guard at tackle because we didn't have a real tackle ready to go or they don't like Smith enough to trust him in that spot. So frightening. And – if the if the Bengals lose with I, I mean it really feels like if the Bengals lose it'll probably be because there is now a very glaring weakness on the team you got to hope that the defense can play really well and you probably looking for a similar run to last year I mean I've heard some people complain about the O-line depth you don't normally have to withstand three injuries to the same position group like this and two to the same position left or right tackle like you have a swing tackle and you have a guy on the inside that can play like they already had those guys in there and they were fine. Now you have another injury to the same unit. That's that could be brutal. I mean, think about it with the cornerback room. <clears throat> Awuzie is hurt, so they're playing shorthanded. But imagine also Cam Taylor Brick gets hurt. And then also Mike Hilton gets hurt. Now your corners are, you know, like Alan George, Trey Flowers, and Jalen Davis, like, yeah, you can't withstand three injuries there, even if it's a good group. Even the wide receivers, if all three of their starting wide receivers went out, Trent Taylor, Trent Irwin, and Stanley Morgan would not be a good group. No. It's it's just when you take that many injuries to the same group, it's just brutal. Like, you, you can withstand three injuries. You should be able to stand with three injuries. If this was, you know, Mixon, Collins, and Boyd, they feel I'd feel fine. But because it's all to the same group, the same, the offensive line, it scares me because you don't plan, you don't have 10 starting level offensive linemen. You have seven, like seven's usually what you go for. You usually have try to have a good swing tackle and a guy on the inside that can play guard or center. They already had those guys going. So we'll see how it goes. I, I hope, I hope they play well. I'm rooting for this. <laughs> I'm not rooting against it. I just... I think some people thought Carmen played well, and we'll see. I, I don't want to give a, a declarative he was bad until I watch it over again, but I think there's quite a bit of um, 
mental gymnastics going on with, uh, I think that sack was just on him. I don't think P Ryan screwed yes. up. I think Carmen just got beat on an inside out swipe move and stopped his feet, which is what he always does. He, he does that like that stunt, like out of, Oh, Jackson, Carmen, let a guy go around him. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Always, always. But I actually, I do have a few more offensive line questions. I want to get to in our next segment on it's always game day in Cincinnati.